0: legislators dare are expected to rally to the aid of striking non Schrodinger's folks of...
1: Wanted the best, you got the best. I'm Matt Porter, and you are listening live to The Kiss Room on Montco Radio, broadcasting from Montgomery County Community College. On today's show, I will have a Kiss Army Roundtable. Fans here in the studio talking about what it's like to be a Kiss fan, what it's like to be in the Kiss Army, and also asking the question, if you could play one song for someone who said, what does Kiss sound like? What song would you play? I posted that on the Facebook page of The Kiss Room, and got one response more than any other, and that was Deuce from Kiss Alive. Tatiana, Chris, Johan, Anthony, Mike, Mick, all posted that this song says, let's go. So this is Deuce from Alive on The Kiss Room on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. (laughs) What <laughs> That's right, we're in the KISS room, it's November, and it's a packed room of people. And that's right, you hear them all cheering, because they know who's on the show. My co-host, Frank Hagen from KISS Mask, he's back. Frank, how hey, are you? Hey, how you doing? Happy Friday. You know it would be really good? If I brought your mic up. Let me see uh, guest number there. You go, there you hey go. Frank, how are you pal? Hey buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes see, I'm bored up. Now, Sean the King is coming in here, he's going to board up for me, but I'm trying my best. Also, with us again, you heard him last month, Chris the Star Child Giordano. Now, the reason I say the Star Child, how many bands you sing? Oh, pause that. That's not DJ Andy, well, or Superfan Andy. We were going to have him coming up next. But hey, that's his music. It's ready. You know it. The Kiss Crews, we'll talk about that. Chris the Star Child.
2: I have entered the Kiss Room. How you doing, Kiss Room? <laughs> Woo! <Whoa>, yeah! <laughs> hey, it's Chris G here. How you doing, people?
1: And then we have on, for the first time here in the Kiss Room, my friend Bob Brodsky, who you might know as Bob Dr. Love Brodsky if you were back in the WTYL days of Bucks County Community College. Now, let me tell you, you don't remember WTYL unless Paula, unless you're listening. But hey, Bob, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. I'm going to come around to my mic. Now, one of the things I want to talk about, I got this great group assembled here. Here's kind of the point for the month. It's November, and we talk about the birth of the KISS Army happening in November in Terre Haute, Indiana. You heard that last month with Bill Starkey. How cool was that when he called in? That was really cool. And and one of the things I really want to talk about, the fact is, now, I'm just getting back from a week off. And now, because, of course, we only go once a month, so it's not that big a deal. But, hey, I was in Disney World last week. A lot of you were down in Miami for the KISS cruise. You were out there sailing around. I know it. Because I saw all your pictures. Lydia, thanks for putting up those things that said, Matt, we love the Kiss Room. You sent me the pictures. If you look at the blog page on thekissroom.com, you can see a picture of Lydia Blaze holding up a little sign that says, I love the Kiss Room. Lydia, we love you. So anyway, what I want to talk about, the idea that I was in Disney, and of course I'm walking around with my Kiss shirt on, I'm representing, and this is the point, Kiss fans are everywhere. And we're going to talk about how we kind of all met, how we got into this kind of thing, but here's the funny story. This brings, this makes me think about it. I'm walking into Cinderella's castle. Okay, I have two young daughters. They're into these princesses. You meet the princesses. They're like rock stars. They're like, oh, look, hi, how are you? But they they whisk them away when they're done. When you're done with the princess, they run out like you're meeting Kiss. You only get your 30 seconds, right? <laughs> but this guy comes walking over. Oh, man, Kiss, I love Kiss. Now, he's in his Cinderella castle outfit right yeah. but hey he goes man i have rock and roll over and my friend found me a copy on vinyl because i had one and i was little and then i broke it but he got it for me on ebay you would pass right by this guy right right but it's the kiss shirt here was my favorite we're checking into our hotel kid comes running up man i love kiss he pulls out his lighter it's a kiss lighter wants to talk about kiss and this is my favorite Okay, I wrote down her name because I want to I want to even try and say it if I can here. I'm going to try and find it. Of course, my phone's are going. So anyway, we're in we're in the Waffle House, okay? And you're saying to yourself, "What are you doing in the Waffle House? Well, we drove back." And shout out to my wife because she's the one. She drove pretty much all the way cuz she can't stand to watch me drive. That's probably the main thing is that uh she says, "I, you know, I can't stand to even watch you drive." But the uh what happened Is we're we're here in South Carolina at about one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning in the Waffle House, and we're sitting there. And of course, you know, I'm going to eat something. So Claire at the Waffle House, we say all compliments to the chef because of course it was good. I love that kind of stuff. She comes over. Oh, that's great. And I love your KISS shirt. And and she, now where we were, um, I wrote it down, Richland Hill, South Carolina, okay? And now you're saying to yourself, or were we in Georgia? I don't even know where I was. We might have been Georgia. Richland, Richland Hill, Georgia. I wrote it down. But here's the funny thing. Now, you would never think to talk about KISS, right? She says, when I was 10 years old, my godmom knew Don Kirshner. They lived near each other. And she said, my goddaughter wants tickets to see KISS. He says... I'll get them for you. She says, we went to the sound check before the show. They're not wearing their makeup. And she says, and they were ugly. They look better with the makeup. (laughs) So the funny thing is now you would never think. And then she wants to talk about kids. She saw them, blah, blah, blah. People are out there everywhere. You never know who they are. The funny thing when you think about it, when you watch like the early videos or like my favorite, you always watch that 1984 animalized one. Everybody's got the shaggy hair, the mullets, the big hair, leopard skin. It's easy to point out, like, hey, you must be a fan because you got that jet black hair, fingernail polish. But now we're everywhere. It's the Kiss Army. What are you Lawyers favorite? and Lawyers, doctors. doctors. And well, you hope it's not a lawyer because, oh, no, I'm kidding, but the,
3: <laughs> you don't, you don't <laughs> want to meet
1: them. But the, uh, you know, where do you think, like, you find them everywhere? Oh, it's some of your favorite stories. Now, Bob and I, we go way back. Tell us about your lip sync contest. Well, back when we first met 25 years ago,
4: that we went to the Bucks County Community College and they had a lip sync contest. So, of course, I signed up and I'm not going to lip sync anything else but KISS. So, I did that, and afterwards, uh, I, that's when I met Maddie. He's like, yeah, "I love all your Kiss stuff," and because uh, I wore Kiss shirt, had Kiss buttons, he had a jacket with Kiss pins, and we just sat down in the in the cafeteria at the college and started talking all our Kiss stories. First time we saw Kiss, all, all kinds of stuff, and that was 25 years ago. Now we go to every show together.
1: So that's the funny thing. Even back then, you found people like I know. I don't know if my friend Paul Adler, if he's listening, he had a vinyl satin, like one of those really cool animalized jackets. Oh, you, know, you sit. Down, I, I know which one you're well, talking and about. Yeah, he yeah, would come walking yeah. in at the time. He had real long hair. He's a rock dude. He was in a band at the time. I think they were Paul. If you're listening, the band was called Triflon. I remember. And then he went on to be in a band called Instinct. But he's got the jacket and right away. You go, hey, I could be friends with that guy. He's got a kiss jacket, and that was back. You know, you figure it's the '80s. Kiss was still popular, but the makeup's off. Everybody's kind of doing their thing. And it was something different, but you still you could identify them. You can go, hey, I like that. I like that. Now, here's something interesting, and this is taking us back in time a little bit. We're going to talk to Superfan Andy in a little bit, but Frank, when you started Kiss Mask, and again, we're talking about the history of Kiss fans here. What year did Kiss Mask start? 87. 1987. So think about that. In 1987... You had a 88, 88. Print that out, it had, no 87. Crazy ever. <laughs> and so the funny thing is, Andy found his postcard that he won I... an eight by ten autographed picture of Eric Carr from Kiss Mask. Yeah. Now here's the funny thing. That stamp. You said I haven't seen the stamp. I haven't
5: seen that rubber stamp in I don't know twenty five years. I still want to see Andy's... you gotta, you got to do something with that picture. He's got, he still has the 8 uh, x If you
1: look on the Facebook page of The Kiss Room, the which Kiss I, Room. Should, I should link that. Maybe I'll, I'll put that up in the blog as well. Check out my new blog. I have some things on there. If you go to thekissroom.com, look at the blog page. I'm trying to include a lot of these things on there. There it was. Now, you talk about a small world. It's a group of people. The fact is that all those years ago... Andy's the one that won that eight by ten. yeah
5: and when you mentioned Andy was coming on you know a couple months ago and doing uh, the Giskers commentary, I'm thinking, I know that guy that name sounds familiar. <laughs> and here it is Andy Moyen. he, he, he and won the eight by ten. Sure enough, and he
1: says it's still hanging on his wall. Cool. so the one cool. thing that I also I, I had posted on the page this week, one of the things we were talking about was like if if somebody said to you describe KISS in a song. Now, Bob, I know you've turned people, the guy at your work, he says, tell me about KISS. What were the kind of songs that you played for him? The question was, if somebody asked you for one song, what would you play? What kind of songs do you think of
4: Well, if when you ask me, the first thing that comes to mind is Detroit Rock City from Alive 2. The whole opening. I mean, every time I play, it makes me want to go to a Kiss concert. Every time we get tickets, the first thing I do when I have the tickets in my hand is go put that on. The day before the show, I'm playing that. But um, the guy I work with, he's, I met him like seven years ago. His name's Ryan. Uh, he didn't know anything about Kiss. He was in, like, rap and Limp Biscuit and that kind of stuff. And he goes, I, I don't know, what's this band? And I had a copy of Kiss Alive around the warehouse at work. And we put it on and played it on the big radio. And when it was over, he was like, man, that is really good. And now that's, an, that's a CD that he plays all the time. And, you know, he considers himself into Kiss at this point. You know, after working with me for seven years, it just rubs off when you uh, hang look, around.
1: Seven years next to you, if he's not a Kiss fan, you guys aren't going to be next to each other for seven years. <laughs> that's right,
2: that's right. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? For the, the one song that I would use, I would definitely say Deuce. Um, Deuce, either either version, uh, the from a live one or the uh, first album. And reason being is I think it showcases the whole band from Paul's intro to the riff to Gene singing, the Aces solo, you know, Peter's got a great drum beat in it. And the history of that song is really, that's the first song Kiss jammed to. And, you know, when they got in the room in January 73 and and they kicked into that song, that's when they knew they had Kiss. Kiss was born around Deuce. And I would say that that's been like the main vibe. And and any time during the show when they kick in the Deuce, it just takes the show to the next level. So whether it's the second song or the opening song or in an encore, you know, you can always count on Deuce to get you going and know what Kiss is all about.
1: Now, it's funny. We let off the show with Deuce. Well, obviously, we let off the show with, if you were really right at the start, When You Wish Upon a Star. Not the song you would turn on anybody to kiss with, but since I was in Disney World, I had to play it. But Deuce was the one that, on the Facebook page, got the most response. Did it. You know, Tatiana, Chris, yourself, you said it. Johan, Anthony, from all the way down in Australia, Anthony Poole. Mike Padilla, and even Mick Campese, original road oh, crew yeah. member of KISS, he commented as well saying Deuce was the song that really, you know, like that would be their pick. And that was the one that really got the most votes on the page. Uh, again, that's one of those things why I led the show off with it. I think it's mine, fantastic. Mine is
5: very obscure then. <laughs> so what do you think it would be? Watching You. Watching wow. You. Oh, that's Watching a good one. Good, that's a good song. one, both, yeah. both live and both studio. And then I'd hand him a copy of Hot and Hell say, here you go. Well, you know what? Why don't we check out
1: Detroit Rock City? This is one obviously. If you don't know it, and you're listening to the show, <laughs> where have you been? Right? <laughs> I'm, clearly, I'm you know it. Uh, that's yeah, that's Andy, super fan Andy's intro. Don't cue that. See, he's we're going to get him on the line. All right. Oh yeah, here you go. That's blood in my veins, right? Detroit there.
3: Rock City
1: on Marco Radio, where music and minds meet.
0: This is Super Fan Andy's
6: wicked awesome
0: Kiss Cruise commentary. Oh, yeah!
1: Okay, we're gonna go live. It's about three thirty here on Monaco Radio, and you heard that sound—the sound of the Kiss Cruise going live—and on the phone, calling you from Massachusetts. We should have Super Fan Andy calling in on the phone. Andy, are you there? Let's see, is he there? Let's see, is he there? Hey, how about it? Andy, are you there?
7: Yes, I'm here.
1: There we go. And also joining us on the phone, if we can bring up line seven, Mick Camp PC. We got him on the line. Mick, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, bring Brother him up Mick. now. Brother Mick, it's so Chris. How you doing, man? Chris. Chris has some history with Mick. Mick, can you hear us on the, uh, on the other guests on the line? Uh, no, I can't. Okay, I'm going to try and position it so you can. We'll try and... We got it. We got it. We're firing on every cylinder here today. But <laughs> what we're going to talk about in this segment right here, Superfan Andy, Kiss Cruise Wrap-Up. Yep. So tell I'm us, we want we want the good, the bad, and the wicked awesome.
7: Yeah, you got it. You tell me when, I'm ready to roll.
1: Okay, so so just tell me how, uh, go from the start to the finish. Give it to us. We're live. We got you on the line. Tell me, um, give us, what was the highlight of the cruise?
7: All right, first let me start off about saying about, uh, we have to thank well, yeah, you, Matt, yeah, for letting me now, do all now, the radio ads for the, the, cruise, uh, so. the Holiday Inn party, the WWP party stuff. Um, and that went, uh, that basically that was like a huge highlight before we even got on the cruise. So that was like a wicked awesome thing. Uh, the total between the two days was $6,028.82. We were just blown away between the two days and nights, the pre parties at the uh, Holiday Inn and Hard Rock. It was just incredible. People just, it was crazy. And uh, we got a lot of thanks from a lot of people. And uh, me, Jeff, and Adrian would love, just want to thank everybody who donated stuff and, uh, We just had box loads and box loads, and we would just pull out numbers, and we just gave them out randomly, and I would throw things out to the crowd. It it was crazy for the two nights. It was awesome. (laughs) So that was a wicked awesome start. Wicked
1: awesome start. Now, here's a question to you, Mick, on the line. What do you think of the KISS cruise? Now, when you were a Rogue Crew member back in 74, you ever think you'd see a KISS cruise?
0: What do I think of it? I think it's great. Now, Uh, how come they don't have you out there on the water? Me?
1: How come they don't have you out there on the water?
0: Good question. Won't you investigate that for <laughs> me? <laughs> you know, it, my point of view is in the very beginning it was the four guys in the band plus Bill Acoin, Sean Delaney, and it was four original road crew members that were handpicked by Bill O'Coin through different booking agencies and whatnot and we were all together in the room, and we all discussed what we wanted to do. We signed on the dotted line, and we started out being the most hated band in rock and roll. <laughs> Nobody wanted us on the shows. And I just think that for all the dues paying that we did, that we should still, us for be included in all things KISS.
1: So, now, Andy and, Andy mentioned that there will be a Kiss Cruise 3.
0: Yeah, and uh, the, yeah, no, I'm I know
7: sure. 100%. Sometimes I, don't think I, I know made, everything, which you know. know.
0: But uh, the sure rumor is it.
7: they're going to have the same dates yeah, next I'll year. So, Kiss Cruise
0: 3. That would be great.
1: So, do you think, now, I'm going to say this to superfan Andy, who's on the line. We uh-huh. should start the position, petition now. You've got to get these road Crew members to be out there with you. What do you think?
7: I I tried tried to get Bruce on there, and uh, basically at one point during a Q&A, one of the people, Eric and his wife, uh, basically stood up and asked that, how come get Bruce on KK3? And the crowd went crazy, and Doc (laughs) basically, I don't want to say lied, but basically said that uh, Bruce was too busy, and we know that Bruce was not too busy. So, like I said, Bruce had said it during a convention in New Jersey that he didn't want to uh, rub. He's on the good side of Gene and Paul, and he wants to keep it that way. So they have his number. If they want him on the cruise, they will call him. Doc's got his number, so that's how the story goes. So people are still, Wham, wah, wah, get him on the cruise. If he wants to do it, he'll do it. So that's, that's how that went. So, on that part. So,
1: <laughs> so I'm seeing a lot of pictures online. It looks like everybody had a really good time. But I know that you mentioned there were some little—I uh, don't know—hiccups that happened along the way.
7: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of uh, the one of the hiccups is that people are complaining about uh, after you do the drill, you know, the life deserve a drill to save your life case there is a real emergency, is that it's a free for all. So basically, you're between the fourth and fifth floor. Once the thing is done, it's a free-for-all. So basically, you have to run up about six or seven flights of stairs or elevators, and people are going crazy. Now a lot of people are complaining about this this year, but you got to realize is that this happened last year. This happens at all the six-man cruises. Basically, when the drill is done, you run up as fast as you can, and you get a spot. If you don't want to do it, then don't do it. You walk. But the only thing that's different between this year and last year's cruise Last year on the Destiny, they had, like, seats, like, uh, things, so everything kind of went up, 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 up every step, so it was like a foot up, up, up every other time, so people could see easier. This year, it was all on the floor, we had to go way up high in the back, so a lot of people complained about that, but, you know, you gotta take it what it is, what it is. But the, uh, the acoustic show this year, compared to last year's, eh, the last year's acoustic show was much better, they played longer, um... You know, they have a whole year to prepare now. They know Paul the fall keeps saying, as you saying, this is for the diehards. So they should kind of start thinking outside the box. People screaming out songs. They want to hear the stuff from the elder. People love that stuff. And as soon as they start playing something like that, there's a big chance for Mr. Speed this year. They started playing Mr. Speed. People go crazy. So last year's acoustic show was better than this year's, I have to say. It was longer. This year was a little bit shorter. But it was still fun. But the craziest thing I saw in the whole acoustic thing was Gene actually threw a base in the crowd. That was insane. I could not believe it. A lot of people were like, what is going on? All of a sudden, he was fooling around, with it and then he tossed over it about, you know, three rows were right in the middle, and people started going nuts about it. So, I was like, that was the craziest thing.
1: <laughs> so, somebody actually left with a base.
7: Yeah, they, uh, so they threw it in the crowd, and uh, a bunch of people started going after it. I decided not to do that. And uh the security guys came in and grabbed it and said, that guy's got it. They pulled him and the base out of the crowd. They put a tag on it and this and that. And then, So the guy got it back home. Wow. wow. So, but I have to give uh, six-man props. I give them an A this year for the scheduling thing for the most part because last year a lot of things went over each other. You got halfway through something, you had to run to go to the other thing. So this year they really spaced it out good. The major complaint for this year was the gene pick-throwing contest the ball with the belly fall concert were at the same time that was the only thing that was exactly at the same time and a lot of people were not happy about that
1: well so, they, so which, you had to either flip or flop is that what?
7: <laughs> yeah basically and a lot of people like kind of uh, you know so I there were there was a time of uh, like between one and two and three and four that they could have split it up so everybody could see but they were saying that you know not everybody could it in the theater to see Gene throw to a pick contest if everybody decided to go. But what I couldn't understand is that you could do it at one or three, and then this Paul thing was at two, a belly flop at the pool outside. Why couldn't they use Gene to go outside on the stage and do the pick touring contest? It's just an idea, you know. But I know people were trying to kick off the picks when they were trying to throw them for the contest. People were diving at them. <laughs> <laughs> So that was another thing. Hey Andy, it's now, Chris. It's, I just
2: Andy, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to ask you a question. Um, uh, Tommy Thayer, I know, was uh, he he posted something on Twitter? From what I heard, that uh, when they were doing rehearsals for the cruise, he said, uh, "How about hearing something like Only You'?" And I know that they did parts of it, but like you were saying, like they should have did uh, the full song, right? They didn't do the full yeah, song.
7: Yeah, I think that's the that's the thing. They keep saying this is this is for the diehards. Mm-hmm. This is what we Well, this is what we this is where I come to the indoor shows. Now, I, I, no offense. I loved it. I loved everything. Don't get me wrong. Everyone knows I'm a fan. I'm probably gonna get yelled at. Get yeah on Facebook. Get screamed at after this and yada yada yada. But it, I can compare between uh, KK1 and KK2 because I went on both. And I'll tell you, KK1, the indoor shows blew this year's away.
3: Really? I know
7: everybody wants to hear Monster, and I'm sorry. We're gonna hear Monster. We're gonna hear it on the tour. It's coming up and next year. you're Gonna hear it on the tour. I'm sorry. This is for the diehards. Think outside the box. I don't care if they gotta use the monitors. I don't care if they have to read the words off the TV screens. Let them do it, guys. Who cares? We don't care. Everybody wants to hear the old stuff. And I'm telling you, when I sat there in the audience, people were throwing songs out the names of them, and Paul's just going, "No, no." And people, were, and they even off of stuff. People, for some strange reason, I don't get it either. In ways, people kept throwing up different songs, and Paul's going, "No." Mm. As much as Paul wants to push the new album, I'm sorry, or the newest stuff, as soon as the old stuff tends to play people, go bananas. That's what they came here for. You paid all that money. They want to hear the old stuff. And no. then, like I said, I don't care if they use the monsters. Let them cheat. I don't care. They used the monsters this year. They used the monsters last year. Read off the words. Do it. You know they have. So hopefully next year when KK3 comes around, there's no new album, of course. There won't be the old monsters. So now, hopefully next year, they start really thinking outside the box, you know, because people want to hear, like, almost human, Mr. Speed, Flaming Youth. Sweet pain. I mean, that's what we want. Sorry.
2: <laughs> but, Andy, like, um, do you think now from what I heard, because I didn't get to go on yet, uh, but I know people that did both cruises. Do you think that for, but you know, to compare between the two, do you think that there was more FaceTime with Kiss on the kiss Cruise one because it seemed like from what i heard that, like even like the pictures were pretty rushed like you didn't even get a chance to kind of smile at the camera before you were moved along
7: yeah uh, um me, me and my mother's thing it was i am getting we're in a lot of stories both flip-flops some uh-huh. people got a little more extra time some people didn't but uh i'm just gonna speak from my personal view my mother when we got in there we were like group three day one so i don't know how that went up so but anyways, she went in first, and I had to take basically Gene where I was because they switched around sometimes. But Jean's the first one I we saw when we first walked in. I basically took one giant foot in, and they had already told me to turn and take the picture. And I turned around, I was like, and that's why my picture looks like, that. Uh, <laughs> looks right. like a monster face.
5: Hey, Andy, so it's, I got about a, it's got Frank. About
7: three, I think we got about a half a second, two seconds, and he just got pushed along, which I don't, I don't mind if we get pushed along because I know this. You know, you're talking two, uh, whatever it is, 2,000 people trying to get the pictures but at least let some of us get our foot inside the door right so
2: yeah that's what i heard i heard that happen a lot it was pretty quick
7: i guess you have to bring a prop because you can see some people did like little prop things and stuff like that and and i think maybe that's where you get to a little bit more time so i have a feeling next year that people are going to start being more funnier stuff and goofier stuff to you get the second or two or two pictures or something i don't know so hey andy
5: it's frank yep. how you doing yeah, um did you see the band around the the cruise ship a lot, or, or did you just see them around like at, at the events that they were scheduled well, to
7: course, be at? Yeah, well, of course you saw them at the events, and uh, Eric Singer seemed to be here and there because uh, in Cosmel, because we had to go to Cosmel, we couldn't stop at uh, Sturkey because Sturkey got uh, hit by the hurricane. Right. So um, we stopped at Cosmel, and of course he got off, and then we we kind of shopped around, we just poked around for a little, just to get off the ship, got back on. But uh, a lot of people said they saw Eric floating around here and there. Um, I had to go back to my uh, buddy Jeff's uh, cabin for a few minutes, and as we were going in there, we come out of the cabin, and we start turning because he was like four things before he turned to get back on the elevators and stuff. And I happened to turn, and there's Tommy. Tommy's signing his door banner, and I said, Hey, hold on, Jeff. He goes, What? I go, Tommy's right around the corner. He goes, No. I said, Look. Oh, cool. He goes, well, I don't have my camera, on. I go, well, I got my little pocket one. Was we'll he? He's all by himself. He's just got a, he's got a guy with him, but there wasn't a bunch of people around. And uh, he came around and corner and we both said hi. i Tommy, and I'm like, hey, thanks for signing my buddy's thing. Did you could you mind taking a picture? He goes, oh, that's yours, and, he, and I go, no, it's his. He just, so he said, he says, oh, no, no problem. I'll take a picture of you too. So we took the two pictures. You know, we took the two pictures, and I just said thanks, and he moved on. But um, I don't know though. If you looked, though, some of, there's some videos out there.
0: Uh, like she and Shannon walking
7: around and stuff, they will get swamped. The people, I can understand why they don't want to walk around, because they get they will get swamped, even at the belly flop contest. Because I won last year, so I got in this year automatically, and um, I was dethroned this year by Sean, my good buddy Sean there. I just met him. He's a good guy. He won. So I passed over my Burger King crown to him this year, and uh, after Paul got done, he tried to walk, and he was just like a stampede of people. They just... You know, I'm sorry, Gina Paul I'm not gonna be able to walk around freely. People are not gonna let them do it. And I can understand why they changed ships from last year to this year, because they can stay up the this I, they can stay up in what they call a haven section, which is a whole huge area. It's privately, you can't get in there, you can't even get close to there. That. It's the so,
2: owner's suites, that's what I heard. I heard they're 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 gonna stay on the top floor, which is the owner's suites, which is why they like this boat better. And I'm not going to confirm or deny what I heard, but I I, I did hear that uh, Paul and Gene were up in the owner's uh, suites. And that Tommy and Eric are on the eighth floor with the crew. Just heard, maybe it's a rumor, but
1: that's what I heard. See, look, Chris is causing trouble. That's I, I, no, I, I'm no. just saying. See, that's, 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 what, what that's the kind of stuff that goes right to the internet. Oh, here's what I heard. You
5: just, just created <laughs> yeah, a thread. Yeah, there's a thread. <laughs> no, Somebody no, on the
1: Kiss Back no. is reprinting that right now, and I said oh, fact. Oh
3: boy, here. No. It, it's, it,
7: it's just
2: a rumor. on Facebook right now. <laughs> Don't hold me to it.
7: Now, there, there's another thing too. there's that uh, you know, people are complaining about the seat, how the seats were in the indoor theater because they had the pit and then they took row A out which is part of the pit and then basically B was one step up and they had these bars go across and I happened to be in B one step up me and my mother which was great I mean you could see them awesome they looked like they were having fun and this and that and stuff like that but uh, you know the pit wasn't too bad but there were still people complaining about you know they didn't know they were seats they were the first like I think the first five to six rows were taken out so you actually had to stand it was two people to one spot, basically. It's like one in front of the other, which is fine, as you could see. But there were other people that were sneaking in, going underneath the bars, trying to get in between us. They sneak in the pit, you know, all this, that. And um, the other thing I noticed from last year's cruise to this year's cruise is that on my hand, I could count how many people weren't wearing KISS shirts here or there. You know what I mean? I mean, it just seemed like a big family. Now, this year, the vibe was a lot different. And uh, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of people I think that are on that cruise that weren't really, I would say die Kiss fans. They were just there to just the, party. You know what was missing? And, uh, pop- you know what was missing from, from Kiss Cruise One? Is- I'm gonna is- say it right now.
1: You know what was missing from Kiss that. Run to Kiss Cruise One to Kiss Cruise Two? Bob. Yeah. Bob was on the first one. Didn't go on the second one. Bob and Felix went on the first one. You couldn't go, right? No, I
4: couldn't go. My work schedule. I can't. I I can't get those days off. I have to be at work the first five days of every month, and you're bumming me out, Andy, that saying they might have to cruise the same dates next year because I'll miss the third one as well unless I find a new job. (laughs) So if anybody's hiring out there, you know.
7: Yeah, well, that's that's just the rumors we hear because Six Man actually does a cruise November 5th through the 10th. I forgot it's a comedian I think it's the comedians doing one, so (laughs) I think so, or it's going to be the week after. That's just my kind of thing, you know. All right, so, so
1: yeah. you you're pretty well connected now. They all know you super fan Andy, you know, here yeah, on the Kiss. Well, so here's <laughs> what I'm saying, you got to tell your people schedule it the week
4: that Bob can so, go. So okay? I can go cuz so I really, doesn't miss it. I really enjoyed the first cruise and I have to say that um When I got my photo with the band, the only reason I got more than a second with the band on the first cruise was because Paul Stanley recognized me from other uh, meet and greets, and he stopped me, asked me how I was doing, was everything okay, and good to see you, and all that. He was really nice to me on that cruise, so... You know, I guess if you get recognized, you can get a couple of extra seconds with the band as well.
7: <laughs> That's great. Yeah. In the, the, the Q&A Q, Q Q Q Q this year was a lot different, too, because uh, KK1, you actually went up on the stage where they did the acoustic thing, and you actually yeah. kind of, like, stood, stood near them. Yeah, that was awesome. Which, which, which uh, I didn't even know about. My partner, Jeff, for doing all the Wounded Warriors stuff, actually hid it from me that we were actually going to present, you know, Kiss, this bandit check. for so the told him out, and Jeff actually didn't tell me because he know how I am, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he finally told me, and then we, and then I, he's like, hey, you tell Adri So I told Adri and then, so basically what they did is they gather all the people who had the questions, and we had to go to one of those theaters, and then we hung around, and then all of a sudden they tell us, oh, you're not going on stage with Kiss. They're going to be, you guys are going to the gazebo, and you guys going to look up on them. They're going to be at that, that top bar. So we're like, oh, okay. So it wasn't as close this year as it was last year, but uh, we have to thank, uh, I, I, we have to thank uh, Andy Levine, the, the you know six man thing, to let us be able to present G- Gene and Paul, you know, with the banner check thing. We were we were blown away, and I heard Gene was like wow, and I heard he even had tears in his eyes. So if anybody's got pictures, we want to see. That's we're still awesome. looking for like some videos of him wiping his eyes with tears after we told him what the amount was. So, so that was cool though. But it was still neat. But uh, I have to give six man props. I mean. KISS fans can be the greatest fans in the world, and as you know it, guys, we can be the worst fans in the world, too, because we want, want, want.
1: (laughs) That's true. Well, you know, we want the best we were going to get the best, right? And that's the way we always look at it. So now here, I want to say for sure, thank you, Andy, for calling in every month and giving us these updates. The cruise updates, your KISS cruise commentary has been fantastic. People love it. Uh, I hear from a lot of different people how much they really were getting psyched up for it. They really liked it. I want to thank Tina who sent me the super fan Andy package of a pick and a and a wristband and I think they're tattoos or something. I know
7: I was yeah. She had a special party on a cruise. I, it's funny that even though these even though they have already things set up on the cruise, some of the some of the Facebook groups are having their own like little special parties. They had like a little Eric car party at one night. Late at night, they had they had one for me. I was like, what the? <laughs> I was just like crazy. So, I mean, some of the fans are making up their own things to to use the time because, uh, you know, we're there to see Kiss. We're there to the kiss things. And I, and I hopefully, crossing fingers next year, that there's no offense to any of the other bands on the cruise. It's, they, I'd go see any of the other bands at another time and different thought. I'm there for one reason, and it's going to be Kiss. Kiss-related stuff, all Kiss. 24 hours, seven, you know, the whole four days, up and down. And, I, and I'm sorry. And now I think that will eliminate some of the problems with some of the people. Like I said, this year the vibe is a lot different.
1: Well, you know, I'm going to say mean, I'm going to say one thing. I did see a thread that now I almost nothing ever really bothers me. I thought this was really funny, though. They were selling on Kiss Online, Kiss Cruise 2 shirts, and it said I was there. Believe it or not, somebody posted on one of these threads. I don't know where it was. I'm annoyed because it should be exclusive. If you didn't go on the cruise, you shouldn't get a shirt. I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. If you want a shirt, but you can't go on the cruise and you're going on the cruise, are you really going kind to of care if somebody else is wearing a damn shirt? Really? Like, come on. I think at some point, people need to really step back and realize if you got to go,
7: isn't that yeah, exclusive well, it's, enough? It's, it's, it's a, <laughs> a double edged sword. I wish they had, like, one thing, like one shirt. I mean, they get you know, they sold five or six shirts, whatever it is. Just have, like, one. It says, like, kind of like the exclusive one that you can buy. Because, actually, they were selling the shirts a week before the cruise, a couple of days before the cruise, and I, and somebody put it up online. And, actually, I don't know who saw it. I don't know if, who saw it, but they took it down right away. They were trying to hide it out there. But we the, had already leaked that the shirts were selling already up online. before Even the even the cruise came up. They were selling three, the, the three three, four days before, which is kind of weird.
1: <laughs> well, but that's what I'm saying. It's really it's just to get people excited. You know what I mean? Like, I have my Philadelphia shirt, say I was there. I'm not necessarily going to buy a shirt from Idaho if I wasn't there, but you know what? If you want one, who cares? It's a kiss shirt—that's one of the themes of the show. Is we're going to represent, we're going to wear our kiss shirts. I mean, really, if you weren't there, you probably don't want one anyway, because people are going to ask you, "Hey, how was the cruise?" And, I don't know I wasn't there. <laughs> so Make a that a story. <laughs> oh, it was great! <laughs> hey, it was great. These supermodels came by, and they were in my room, and we—yeah, had...
5: Shannon even came by, and too. they say, "Well, how do you afford
1: that?" <laughs> I don't know. I made it up, but the—well,
7: uh... so yeah, and we, you... we also. The only other thing that, we're, that we heard about is all of a sudden there seemed to be a lot on the cruise is that, uh, you know, we, we got the uh, poster that was signed in your room and stuff. Well, some of them were missing. There was stuff that, like, got missing. I, I mean, I, me, I didn't even get the makeup kit. They looked like, supposedly, they looked like lipstick things or whatever, like chapstick things, but I never got one. So hopefully I can get my hands on one. Hey. But uh, I guess there are a lot of people who said they were missing their stuff that they were supposed to get. Because the cabin doors are open. And some people are trying to blame the workers that work on the ship, the cleaners, your rooms. And I'll tell you right now, my wife and I have been on plenty of cruises. And those people who work, those cleaners and do your rooms and stuff, they will never, ever touch your stuff like that. They might move it in the room to clean in your rooms and stuff. But they, they know better than to touch this, your stuff, because those people get in major, major trouble. Because those people sign contracts. For like eight or nine months, they never get to see their families for eight or nine months. They're on those ships constantly, so those people know that they get really punished if they and they get caught and they get fired. You know, they, let's put it this way: those people don't get paid a lot of money, but they will not take your stuff. I'm telling you. I heard so there was a I lot of what uh... happened was the cabins were open, and somebody's just walking by in your cabin and says, "Wow, look at that! Nobody's in the cabin. The door's wide open. I think I'm gonna go in there and take that." You know. Oh.
2: Andy, I heard there was a lot of good and bad about the uh, the fact that there were so many, uh, how should we say, international visitors. Um, you know, I heard that, like, it's kind of cool that it's a melting pot. But then I heard, you know, some countries can just be more annoying than others, you know. It's like maybe we should call for an American
1: cruise. Next that's, time. that's a nice way of putting it. You maybe, but, you know, it really should be the United like, Nations. Get, get a this country
2: off the boat, you know. Yeah, well, like I said, this year, you
3: know,
7: the vibe was a lot different. I. I'm sorry, I'm going, to say it, I'm going to say it point blank. I thought the people last year on KK1, very nice. You always have people that are not the greatest at times and whatever. you got different cultures. It's all, you gotta, You got to take it what it is. But last year, it seemed like everybody kind of like, yeah, 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 we're all fair. This year, it's a lot of people like, all for themselves. I want, I want, I'm going to mm. take, I'm going to push, I'm going to shove. And like I said, I think there were some people who didn't even wear there even to sell a kiss. I even heard of people selling their tickets or trying to buy tickets, even at night two. Were on there. You turn around and look, because like I said, I was down in the front. You turn around and look, it was like sections wide open with nobody in them. Either people didn't want to go or they were trying to sell them. It was crazy. I didn't even hear six men, one of their people... One of, the vendors was trying, one of their own vendors they got on the cruise was trying to sell their own Kiss tickets to somebody. Isn't that crazy?
1: You know what? The section mm-hmm. might have been open because they heard Motley Crue was going to hit him with a water cannon, and they all oh, were in yeah. the back with me getting a beer. Oh, wait. I, that was the tour. Sorry. But anybody that knows yeah, that, but, hey, that's another show. So it's uh, – Yeah. Well, tell but, I mean, you what. Uh, let's, we're you heading up to the, 4 o'clock. I've got to wrap it up with you, Superfan Andy. I'm glad you would call in. What's your last word on the Kiss Cruise?
7: Wait a minute. Can I say one more thing? Yes, you can. All right, this is another thing, okay? This was a once in a kind of lifetime for my mother on the cruise. I don't know if you've been reading the boards.
6: I was with a gentleman
7: on the cruise that dressed like Gene Simmons, like most of the time. And he was very, very rude and nasty to a lot of people. And uh, I did the lookalike contest as H, and my mother did it as Paul. Well, they separated us in groups. Well, from what I understand, my mother never told me until we got after the cruise because. You know I would flip. Well, this Mr. Gentleman that had been giving people a lot of a lot of business, a lot of trouble on the cruise, and even the girl who did the karaoke, he was very nasty. There. One of the workers was doing the karaoke, too. It's another story. That, uh, he turned around and pushed my mother against the wall instead of saying stuff to her. You know, and there's
1: nah, one bad, there's it. one bad one in every bunch. You hate it when they're dressed like Gene Simmons because then it makes it look even worse. But you know, hey, you know, you, you figure you got how many people on the cruise? You get one a hole on there, you know. And I think I can say a hole—that's not really cursing, but the uh, you know, it's where we're, Maka Radio, where music and minds meet. So
3: yeah, well, we're
7: trying. To, everybody's trying to find this guy. Even six me is trying to find this gentleman. So if anybody knows this guy that was dressed as Gene, like in Destroy with the plastic things on, and he was in the front row of the acoustic show. And he was a night two off the near jeans side. If anybody knows his name, either uh, Facebook me or Facebook Alex, six-man Alex, because they're looking for this guy. Let's
1: put a you know, wanted I mean, poster not, right the on night the kitchen. i was pushing
7: my mother against the wall and saying stuff to her for no reason. And I didn't even know until after because we went to karaoke that night, and the guy was there, and he was being nasty to the karaoke lady. And he turned around, and my mother all of a sudden got up and says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I'm leaving. I'm like, what's the matter? And all my friends are like, what's the matter? She goes, no, I'm just leaving. Because she would, didn't want to tell us, and she got scared.
1: Well, now look—we're heard, heard worldwide by about eighty billion people. At least that's what I At figure, least. right? So, At out least. of those eighty billion, I know somebody knows who that guy was, and somebody's <laughs> going to rat him out. Oh, I have to contact the United Nations. <laughs> and they're the United Nations of Kiss. <laughs> yes. And yep. you can, if you can, if you know who that is, maybe
7: you got a picture of that guy. You
1: can post it on thekissroom.com, and oh, we'll call him out.
2: Videos
7: out there. The first. Uh, I think it's only you. Somebody's got a video from the background, and they show him in the front row. He's got dyed. He's got a black shirt on with glasses on. He's a, kind of a big dude. He's got his arm up on the thing. People know what I'm talking about. are online. But other than that.
1: All right, sum it up in
3: one, I'm going one word. To give no me the best part.
7: Year, I just got to find myself a roommate, but I'm going somehow. <laughs> I don't care. Okay, I'll, I'll pull pull up the casket, get in there, and paddle my way down.
3: <laughs> well,
1: there you go. Finally, that it can double as a cooler. It can double as a kayak. It's the kiss coffin. <laughs> What we're going to do, we're going to go to a break up to 4 o'clock. And really what we're talking about, we're going to go on a kiss cruise. We're going to go on vacation because we got to get away here on Monco Radio where music and minds meet. And we're back. It's 4 o'clock here on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Usually I'd play my intro, da, 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 but play all that stuff. But on the line right now is Mick Camp PC, original road crew member of KISS. Mick, welcome to the KISS room. Hello, Matt. How are you? See, now, this is good because we got you actually patched in on line 7. Line 3, we had some kind of problem with. Now, can you hear? I got Bob Brodsky, Frank Hagen... Chris Giordano in the room with us. Can you hear him now,
2: brother Mick? How you doing? Okay. How are you? I'm great, man. Good to hear from you.
0: Same here. Same here. Drop me a line. Definitely. (laughs) Well, we'll catch, up, we'll catch up now in front of, like, all the Kiss Army. If you want to have a personal there conversation, this
2: isn't the time to
1: do it, because we've
0: yeah, yeah. got 80 billion listeners. Right. So. Yeah, well, who's from the Kiss Army there? Because I was the original member in Terre Haute that day, and I've never received my card. 35 years later, I'm still waiting. Well, you know, and
1: that's, that's an interesting story when you think about it. Now, you were there in the beginning. When we talk about Kiss Army, and this, this uh, show really representing the Kiss Army, now, last month, we had Bill Starkey himself on the line with us. How did you get started with KISS? You were there from the beginning. How did you get started?
0: I was working with um, Premier Talent at the time, and I was working with the band Free, and they had just split up Paul Rogers and Company started Bad Company, and the other half, with Paul Kossoff, started Backstreet Crawler. Well, the band Backstreet Crawler were originally from Houston, where I'm from. So we all grew up together. We were in New York working. When they decided to leave for London on this project, I was going with them, but the office told me, there's this new band, we're getting ready to sign. And they're looking for a Cracker Jack road crew, people with experience, because we're going to try to take this to the top. Did the interview. The very next day, went up to upstate New York, where Kiss was playing (laughs) with my friends from Houston at Lamont Hall. It was a university up there, and it was to raise money for the library. And as soon as Ace plugged in and started on Deuce, I looked at Bill O'Coyne and said, Where do I sign? (laughs) (laughs) And that went perfect with your question the other day. What reminds you of Kiss, or what embodies Kiss the most? And I said, agreed with Chris, Deuce, by far. That's your first introduction. Those chords, that Ace hits, just the harmonics, and then the stage show just blew, you know, just blew us away. The same way it did all of the kids who eventually went to see them, and we were no different. And that's how it all began.
1: See, that's now Deuce was the one that on my Kiss uh, Kiss Room Facebook page that did get the most votes. People were very vocal. That was the
0: song. Oh, um, I think so. And it was great today because when you opened your show, you started off with uh, that, I believe. That's uh, why we picked these. it. I
1: think everybody, everybody was getting psyched. And the one thing we said was, wow, now I feel like going to a concert. Yeah. All those songs <laughs> got lumped in. It's always <laughs> in the song the DVD, that gets you going.
2: It, it always right? gets you going, right, Mick? I mean, no matter Absolutely. when they play that song, it's the, you get into it. I mean, it's time to rock when you hear that song.
0: Exactly. And the way the show used to be was, you know, uh, Strutter, uh, Nothing to Lose, Holler Than Hell, all back-to-back right. without them even saying a word to the audience. You are already well into your ride, your trip for the night.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And Deuce, to me, embodies all that. And then my second favorite song, Y'all Played That Second completely opposite going blind you know what that version that version of going blind
1: that was actually from the australian from the the uh, unplugged tour that that version of it and i like it i brought it out of the that disc because of the fact that you hear the crowd singing gene says about one line into it help me and the crowd knows every word and i always call that the kiss australia symphony choir because they (laughs) are singing it over the band and now yeah. you, you wrote me a message the one day. You remember sitting playing Going Blind on the guitar with Gene on the bus.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's always we, one of my um, favorites.
0: Well, we, we were on tour. Uh, he had difficulties, uh, you know, riding in a hotel room. And we had to travel, so Gene would ride on the bus with us, and myself being a guitar player as well, and me not being able to sleep while buses rolling out of fear of a crash like I'm going to be able to do something about it but Gene would ride on the bus with us and he and I would play and this is when he was uh, writing the songs for his soon to be solo album Wow! And uh, so a lot of those songs we worked out together. Just you know, him telling me what to play, and just feeling the mood with him, and just filling in the chord structure while he was you know trying to figure out the rest. So, yeah, those were those were the good days. Those were the good times.
4: Hey, Mick Bob Brodsky here. Um, You were on the Uh float in Cadillac, uh, Michigan, with the band. What was that like?
0: Oh, it was madhouse! (laughs) It was a madhouse. We were all tired. It was the end of the tour. In fact, I believe we wasn't too much later than that that we took off and did our first European tour. So, yeah, Cadillac was uh, just mayhem. Just being back in high school and seeing the mayor and and the principal and everybody at the brunch <laughs> that morning all in Kiss makeup, it was... Uh, no. it was it was something. I've never been that close to a policeman before. <laughs> <laughs> when you're happy to see them, to right? You got fellow. a little paranoid, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Hide the Cheetos yeah, and yeah. don't turn around too much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nick,
5: it's Frank Higgin. How you doing?
0: Hello, Frank. How are you?
5: I'm doing well.
0: Um Good. When you
5: guys, when you guys were thrown off tours, was there ever a backup plan? <laughs> <laughs> there was no backup
0: plan. Listen, we would be in Atlanta, Georgia, doing a gig, thinking that we had the next day off, only to find out that we had to be in in Creston, Butte, Colorado, or someplace just. Drive all the way there overnight, no big deal, guys, and then drive back to Savannah for the show the next night. Oh my God. So we never knew where we were going because, you know, we would open up for somebody and the next day the office would be getting calls. They don't want this band on tour with us, you know, but the real reason was we were blowing them off the stage. Right. And, uh, I mean, I'll never forget the Black Sabbath tour. I mean, we were just all gung-ho, you know, wow, we're going to go out and open for Black Sabbath. That was a big deal. The first night after our set, half the audience was gone. And this was right on the cusp of, of Black Sabbath making one of their best albums, I believe it was Sabotage or something like that, back in around 75. And so they worked out a deal and said, we're still going to headline, we're still going to get the headliner's money, but we're going to go on first. Wow. (laughs) To make sure the audience sees it. Mm. And I remember sitting, me and Gene, on the plane, sitting right across from Geezer, Butler, and Ozzy. And, of course, you couldn't understand the word Ozzy was saying <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <but> Geezer <laughs> was spot on, and he was going, you know, we're representing the old. You guys are the new, so come on, you know. And that's what we did.
3: Wow. Oh, wow.
0: So, you know, you just kind of take all that with a grain of salt and just do it, you know, and prove your worth.
2: Hey, Mick, I just wanted to say, you know, I knew you got so many great stories. I just wanted to tell everybody listening about uh, when we met at Gene's uh, book signing. We met, uh, what was it, back in uh, 2008? and yeah. I got to tell everybody what a great guy Mick Campisi is. Uh, you know, uh, we were in line and and I remember we got to talking and at first I didn't recognize you. You know, you, you were saying about sure. how you're like, oh, man, I was in the original crew and I can't get to the front. And I was like, I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, OK, you know, and then all of a sudden you, you looked out the window and you saw a junior come in. And I looked out and uh-huh. I recognized junior. And then I realized, oh, my God, I'm standing with Mick Campisi, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and the next thing you know, we got really friendly, which, you know, it was a great day. And we hung out with Gene for a little bit and. And you even, you know, I got to thank you again for, you know, um, we got to go to we were all planning to go to Vegas that year. And um, and we all got backstage and and, uh, we took some great pictures with Kiss. And uh, you know, I just want to thank you for that. And uh, I wanted to ask you um, if you got a chance to read Peter's book. But real quick, you'll love this story. I met Peter at his book signing Uh up in uh, right near where he lives in Jersey. Right and uh, so I, you know I just like you know it's so quick you go in you you want to make like a real quick connection with them you know so it just hit me at the last second so I, I go walking up to him and he's got his head down in the book and I say uh, hey Peter I said when's the last time you heard this and I went Peter Chris on the drums
3: <laughs> and the next thing
2: you know he literally like jumped in his seat and he was and he looked up at me he goes oh my god he goes that sounds exactly like Paul Stanley get the hell out of here. <laughs> like laughing hysterically. I, I said Peter, I said I said we just met. I said we just met. You want to throw me out
3: and say, get the hell out of here. Like, that was the
0: funniest thing ever. I knew you about that one.
3: <laughs> Did you read the book
0: yet? I believe it. Did you read the book yet? Yeah, I read I've read bits and pieces. Uh
2: you know I mean it's controversial, but I mean you would know better than anybody if uh you know what you uh, think of the book and uh and compared to your history, uh, what would you, uh, do you think it's accurate, or what's your opinion of it?
0: Well, I've heard tales from people that have read it, and they weren't too happy with it. Mm-hmm. They think that he cut a, or ripped a, into a lot of people, but, you know, you had to be there. You had to live in his skin. You know? right. Peter is a very insecure person, and um and Gene and Paul, as much as I love them, um, they, you know, they put the hammer down on him a lot. And he reacted the way he did, which was his good old Italian temper. Right. You know, you never knew what night you were going to have to separate Gene and Peter. Gene would be, you know, spitting this gobs of gook out of his mouth at Peter or anybody who was inside of him, and Peter would throw drumsticks at him. Mm-hmm. In fact, after that Cadillac gig, I had to separate them backstage. They were, Peter was ready to kill Gene right then and there. Really? Over the timing. Gene said Peter was dragging on the time. Peter said, Gene, you're crazy. You're making all kinds of mistakes while you're out there mugging. So, you know, who's to say what? Is just the way it was. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it's hard.
2: It's hard to relate as some, you know, because like we're reading as fans, and you know, we 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 had this fantasy of like, you know, everything was great, and these guys should just work it all out, you know. But it's like. You know, for the regular guy who's reading it, and like you know, you read Peter complain like on the farewell tour, like oh, I'm only making forty thousand per show, and and Ace is really? making fifty, and blah blah blah. You know, it's like, well, I what were you care. making in the clubs, man? You know, just you <laughs> exactly. should be happy that you're back with the band. Make it work. Yeah,
0: you know. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. And you know, the whole thing about it in um, in the beginning with Ace and Peter having to take sides, they were forced to become friends. They were forced <clears throat> to side with each other because the vote was always going to be, at best, two against two. That's just the way it happened. Right. And, you know, that's the way it is to this day. And I don't blame Gene and Paul. I don't blame any of them for anything. But Gene and Paul, they had this dream. And It was, by God, I'm not going to let this knucklehead or that knucklehead or any knucklehead take my dream from me. So either join us or leave us. And that's when they got the other two guys, you know, they worked their way into it. But, um, you know, I, I just think it was a bunch of nonsense, egos. That's all it is. Once it became a big business, No longer about a band. It was about a brand. That's when it was time for me personally to leave. Mick, how many years did you
4: work for the band?
0: I was with them for right at four years. Seems like eternity. (laughs) 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 But, you know, I worked with a lot of bands. You know, I'm at 60 years old now, and I've been in music since the day I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. And, you know, I've been either playing or in management or some sort for all those years.
1: Now, really, you got you got to think, though, they're going to put out their books. What's your craziest story that you can share with us on the air? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and if you have to change the names to protect the innocent, hey, that's yeah. fine, too.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's so many of them, you know. It's like that old show. There's so many... Stories in the Naked City. I mean, it's it's like if you're not sitting down with someone and have an outline of it, it you know it's chaotic. So, uh, um, you know, I don't know what. So there's to, say a to of, that. there's a lot
1: of there's uh, a lot of stories in the Naked Cities, and there's a lot of naked in the city if you listen to Jeans. So you know that's, but you know we could go in any direction with that. Now with that in mind, we could go to another song that everybody kind of recommended. I know that um, when I was going through my list that. Um, we, we, uh, Nikki. I mean, I, I don't even know what his real name is, but on Facebook, it's Nikki Nick Petey or whatever. He said Strutter, and I think we're gonna listen to some Strutter right now because that's a song when we're talking about the Naked City. That we're gonna go to track number one, a little bit of Strutter here on the Kiss Room on Mako Radio where music and minds meet. Yeah. We're back here in the kiss room we got sean the king running the board and what you didn't hear is you're sitting out there during that song here in the studio chris the star Child sings along and i'll tell you it is awesome we got a whole show in here give us just a little bit for the listeners of what that might sound like if you're doing strutter
2: i know a thing or two about her i know she'll win. I'm getting into it now. I'm getting
1: into it. See, I'm getting you started. That's fantastic. So now you're out out out. all the time now with these different bands. I said it last month, but everybody listening, if you're in the area when you see one of these bands with Chris, you got to go, right? You got because we're getting the show here live in the studio. Go see Chris. We're back on the phone with Mick. Mick, are you still there? Yes, sir. And we're in the studio with Frank Hagen from Kiss Mask and my Kiss buddy Bob Brodsky. Now we ask you for a good story. I gave you a couple minutes, three minutes and thirty seconds, however long that song is. <laughs> and uh, I'm thinking, okay, I know you can come up with one that doesn't incriminate anybody
0: or
3: <laughs>
0: what do, yeah, what do you think? It, it's just a fun story. <laughs> you know. Nothing that the lawyers aren't gonna be knocking on my door. About. Um in fact I think it was on Facebook I was skimming through and there was a picture of uh, uh I think Kiss in the 70s or, or something like that at uh, any rate it was a picture of the band getting ready to do Deuce because their back is facing the audience the band's facing Peter and this was at the Florida Jam Um that was held on July 4th weekend of 1975, I believe. There was a pop festival. We went down there, and what they said was that the local talent was going to perform until noon, and that featured a female security force to protect the stars. And we were set to go on stage between 1 and 2 p.m., Well, obviously, Kiss stuck out like a sore thumb because the other bands on the bill were ZZ Top, Marshall Tucker Band, Charlie Daniels, all country swing or whatever they call it, and us. (laughs) So we flew to New York. We flew from New York to Tampa that morning, did the show, and returned straight back to New York. That day, we decided, okay, we're off the road. Let's go check out CBGB's. So we all, all got together and went to CBGB's. Of course, Ace stole the party. <laughs> <laughs> Ace was floating around like a little butterball just trying <laughs> to see who he can find for the evening. And um, any rate, He uh, brought this girl back, and we were just sitting around talking, and one thing led to another. The end of the night was fast approaching, and I was staying at Paul's house, well, his parents' apartment. So here it is, just Paul and I. Uh, camping out at his parents. They were in, I believe, Rockport, Mass on vacation. So the next morning, we uh, were hanging out and we go to this little drugstore on the corner of Paul Street where this old Jewish man owned the drugstore. And he goes, Hi, Stanley, how's your combo doing? <laughs> That's the group. <laughs> yeah. And I'm hey, laughing. Man, how you and, doing? <laughs> And Paul, Paul's talking to him, And, of course, they had their magazine rack. And they had Circus Magazine, Cream Magazine, all the big magazines of the period. And these kids were behind us. They were about 12, 13 years old. And, they, and Kiss was on the cover, and they were freaking out. Paul can't say a word because back then, no pictures without the makeup. And it was absolutely killing him. You know, you could just see it. He wanted to shake uh, those kids and say, but that's me, that's me. (laughs)
1: That is something else. And that's really something you got to be part of that, the whole mystique. I think that's something we talk about a lot. I know I made this comment on Chris's page the other night. I liked it better when their personal lives were mysterious. You still thought maybe Ace was from another planet, Gene was hatched, all that stuff was great. It was, you know, when yeah. you you know, because now you know too much. Once we've seen Gene in those footed pajamas, man, I'll tell you uh, what. No, I no, take no, some the magic. You know, it's uh, yeah. when you think about that, even we talked last month with Bill Starkey. He says, I didn't want to meet Kiss. They were kind of scary. We didn't know what they were. Did they love the music? But it really was something different. And you got to be right on the inside of, of, you know, hanging with them at a time that was really the hottest point
0: in history. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I just think that the original crew, us four, have so much history at such an important time in the band that it just floors us that they really don't include us in anything. And um, my friends from Rush, I was just with them a couple of weeks ago. And they have their original crew. They still have three members of their original crew. They sent these guys through college to get their degrees. Now they work as accountants for Rush on tour. They do these different things. They took care of their people. One of them would have a drug problem, rehab. They had to send one guy to rehab eight times. But they never backed out on them. Whereas Kiss, you got caught doing anything, you're fired. No questions asked. Even though Bill O'Cloin was sitting in his glass house, still, anybody got caught doing anything, you were fired. So it's just a matter of taking care of people and not taking care of your people. And, you know, we just feel kind of slighted in a way. But, hey, that's life. While it was happening, it was great. It was great fun. Everybody enjoyed each other's company. We were family. We were brothers. That's all we knew was each other for almost four years, traveling every single day. And when you weren't traveling together, you were still on the phone. And I was reading something a few weeks ago where Paul Stanley says that he was never friends with Peter Chris. Well, I mm-hmm. can't understand that. I right. was there. They roomed together for four years. How can you not be friends? Right. Yeah. There was that one story
2: uh, in the book um, that, you know, if it's true, I mean, it was just so funny and, like, endearing. And you know that they had to be friendly when, you know, like, there was the story in the book about when they were in San Francisco and they were doing the gay kitchen and, 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 and Paul and Peter... You know, we're uh, making all these like specialty dishes and it was like they were just having like fun. It was just like, you know, it was just two guys just clowning around, you know, and and
0: what was that? It was in Peter's book. book.
2: Yeah, he was talking about when they were in San Francisco that uh, they were all bored and they were at the hotel or something, and and you know because mm-hmm. San Francisco, like they they say, oh you know we'll make like uh, a gay menu and, and it'll be the theme of the night and oh, and okay. uh, and Paul, Lydia
0: has a picture of that in her book. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> the, it's just a crazy story, movie. but it's so
2: funny, you know
0: that like
2: you know yeah, that they had they were, we kids, they were young kids they were and they were they were goofing around and it just sounds like something that a band would do, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean we'd be on airplanes and Gene would get uh, cotton balls and pull them apart and stick them in people's hair on the plane. He thought that was funny. <laughs> there was a crying baby on the plane. He thought it was funny and would start yelling, shut that kid up. Yeah, people didn't want to hear that. They want to have the child be as quiet as possible, just like everybody else. But you don't yell at people, shut your kid up, Mm -hmm. you know. But that was just youth, and that's all it was. And Gene is a very, very funny person. He really is. And um, so anyway, yeah. You know everybody was friends. Everybody was getting along great uh everything that we had set out to do was was happening. It was a lot of hard work, but still and once the lot you know exploded, and the office went straight from band to brand, like i said all it was all business after that. all the fun had been taken away and it became a job that you didn't want to go to. Wow. How bad, you know, it, it can get, but you just suck it up and, and go about your business and just say tomorrow's another day. Mm. And that's what we did. And we were all, like I said, became very close. And then what happened after that is big business.
5: Hey Mick, you know, when, Uh when, this is Frank, when kiss really started to explode, uh, you think that uh, Paul and Gene took a blind eye to Ace and Peter's addiction issues as long as they were making they were on top well, of making all kinds of money?
0: See, that... Uh, because now you hear hate. them
5: talk about, you know, oh back in the day and, you know, how terrible it was. And...
0: No, no. It was, it was all fun the whole entire way until success became an issue. And to me, I think that was the office. They all got swept up in, in the success, and the main factor for the office was to make money. Right. And that's, you know, the root of all evil. They say, <laughs> i like to have some so I can find out, but uh, <laughs> wouldn't we all? Right. We know what we're headed
1: into our 4:30 break, Mick. I want to thank you for taking time with us in the Kiss Room. Certainly, anytime you're around on our one of our live shows, we'd love to have you call in and be part of our discussions. Uh, you're Very welcome good. back here anytime. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to go into a break now. We're going to go to another song here that uh, was picked by Frank Porter, who uh, suggested she was one of those songs that if he had to turn somebody on to Kiss, he would say she. So Mick, thanks for sharing your early Kiss Road Crew stories with us. We're gonna to go to this break. It's four thirty. We'll be back in a minute on the Kiss Room, where music, on micro radio, where music and minds meet. Ciao, Mick. back here in the KISS room. We got Sean the King at the board. We got Frank Hagen. We got Bob Brodsky. And Mick, you're still on the phone. You said you had a good story about She. What's that?
0: Well, I got a little trivia question for uh, all KISS fans, you included. (laughs) Um, You just played She. The last break where Ace goes into his lead was also the same lead that he used on the long version of um, the first single, I guess, Acrobat, then they changed it to the love theme from Kiss or whatever. Anyway, that lead guitar riff was used in two hit songs before Ace lifted that riff and put it in She. Does anyone know what the two songs were? I have
1: no idea. Uh, now, yeah. somebody, wow. somebody wow. out there is screaming at their computer. They know yeah. the answer. Uh, okay. Somebody's posting it on a, on a Facebook page, or somebody knows it, but I think nobody here in the room knows no, it. I, now. So, Mick, you have
0: to tell us. Okay. Listen to the Doors album with five to One. The lead guitar break is the exact same break that Ace uses, except he fuzzed it out. Wow. 20 years later, another band copied it from Ace, probably not even knowing that Ace has lifted it from the Doors. Sherlock <laughs> Jam on Alive. The exact same riff, note for note, listen to both songs and then listen to she.
1: Wow, that is something. Now, if you had to pick out of all your songs, like what do you think is your favorite song, Mick? Favorite Kiss song? Yeah, favorite Kiss song. Deuce. Deuce. So we played Deuce. And going Blind. Going Blind. So we played them right at the start of the show. That was pretty fantastic. Yeah, so. that's
0: what I said. You know, you started the show with the bang, my two favorite <laughs> Kiss songs. The rocker, the one they'll be known for, Deuce, and Going Blind, Steve Cornell and Gene Simmons, one of the most beautiful songs written.
1: Fantastic.
0: So I leave you all in peace. Rock and roll. Love you guys. Speak to you soon.
1: Thanks a million, Mick. You can join us anytime.
0: Thank you. Great
5: talking to you, Mick. Yeah, good to talk here. to you. Fantastic.
0: to everyone. You too. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks too. Mick. You, you too. too. Okay, ciao, guys. Thanks, yeah. Mick. Bye-bye.
1: Okay, now one of the things, we're, we're really into the last stretch of the show. Now, one of the things I want to talk about, we started off the show talking about how did we get into KISS? How do you meet these people that are all KISS fans? Bob told the story. Now, when we were back in college, we would meet up with each other. And you go, oh, that's that KISS guy. I know you. I like KISS. Yeah. How did you get into KISS? I got into KISS um,
4: really a couple of years uh, when they were after they became famous. A lot of kids at school kept saying you got to listen to this band i didn't know what it was all about and then when they were on the american music awards i remember i was nine years old and i just looked at the tv i think my eyes never got bigger before that and i was just like that's kiss that's what all the kids are talking about and from then on right from that night i kept bugging my mom you gotta let me get a kiss record you gotta let me get a kiss record and finally it took a couple of months actually before i let her um let let her let her um get me uh Love Gun was my first wow. album. We went up to the local mall, and uh, and that was the one that was the cheapest one they had. It was on sale, Love Gun. So <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's why I picked that and the cover and everything. Took it home, and uh, from there the rest is history. History
1: as we speak. Yeah. Now those of you out there, you may have seen Bob's video online. I know that you were a Kiss fan from nine years old. Nine years old. Because that's a couple years ago. What was that? Two thousand nine. They had that contest. You have to tell why you're the ultimate kiss fan or whatever. And we had a good time with that. And we actually shot a video for Bob in my basement. And uh my yeah. daughter at the time we, she loved that line since I was 9, nine years old. old and she would say it over and over and over. Now, the other thing if you watch that video you're going to notice you had a homemade tears are falling robe.
4: Yeah, when I was in high school, uh I you know, I, when they took the makeup off, I mean, I still I I followed them all the way through the Elder. I'm a big Elder fan for everybody <laughs> out there. But, you know, Animalize was great and asylum i just went crazy i love i actually love those stage outfits i know a lot of people don't and i have but i do and so i was in like 11th grade and i got this long white almost like it was a designer lab coat but we (laughs) i had my mom help me sew these beads on it on this on the shoulder pads to try to make it look like the like the size one of the asylum robes, and then we dyed, we dyed it orange, uh, you know, like the orange one that he had on the tour. And I used to wear it all the time. And actually, the first time that I met Kiss uh, in 1990, I was wearing it. And Paul Stanley, Eric Carr, Bruce Kulick all signed the sleeves of the jacket, which means that now, even though I'm horrified when I look at it, I can't believe I wore it to school. You know, I can't get rid of it because it actually has like Eric Carr signature on it and paul and bruce signed it so i have to keep it forever you know? well, i'm sure
1: you never thought about getting rid of it and we know that you're really wearing it at night around the house <laughs> no actually when i
4: wore it in your basement to make the video it was the first time i'd put it on for years and it was actually a pretty good flashback i felt like high school was five minutes ago even though it was like over 20 years before when I put it on, I started to do, quote all the lines from Animalized Live, you know, and all that stuff that you used to watch back then. It really, really brought back uh, the memories of of, of those years. Because I, I love uh, makeup, non makeup. It's all the same to me, you know. It's all kiss.
1: That's fantastic. That you know, we should post that picture. Send me that picture of you and Paul from that tour where we met him. Okay. And you have the robe on because that yeah, is also it's you a can, great picture. You but... can
4: see the beads really clear in the in the on the shoulders that my mom. Really sewed on. I really didn't do anything except uh, put put the beads there. More on this side. You know, that was all I did. She did all the work. And it's really incomplete. She got tired of doing it. That's why there's nothing on the sleeves and nothing coming down the chest. Because after we did the shoulder, she's like, look, I've had enough. (laughs) I'm
1: not sewing any more beads on this jacket. Now, I know, because I've been with you half the time, you've seen Kiss how many times? 49 times. So the 50th time could be the Monster Tour. It
4: right? could be. It could be. You know, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. What's the most notable, like right off the top of your head,
1: notable moments of seeing the band?
4: Uh, uh, first time I ever saw them was Madison Square Garden on the Dynasty Tour. That's always going to stick out. You know, it was the first time I saw the original members. And until the reunion tour, it was the only time I saw the original members. But I saw a Lick It Up tour in Philadelphia at the Tower Theater, which is a famous place, you know, and uh, that was great. Animalized tour, Asylum. Um, first time we went backstage was hot in the shade tour in philadelphia and i also saw the millennium show in uh, vancouver you know with
1: the original band that was pretty good it's fantastic and Scranton as well. <laughs> now I'll Scranton tell you. As well. we, no, we love Scranton, and, and uh, it's funny because when we made that video. He's going through. I've seen him in Madison Square Garden. I've seen him in the Spectrum. I've seen him in Scranton. And I don't know for some reason we just get laughing, laughing. Yeah, that's in a good outtake.
4: There is an outtake video that we put on YouTube because I. We weren't going to say Scranton, but I felt it wasn't as exotic as Madison Square Garden or (laughs) Vancouver, but it slipped out in like the first or second take. And I couldn't finish the take because once I said it, we were laughing so hard that that I I couldn't even finish the take. You know? But you know,
1: shout out to Scranton Wilkes bear. We love that area Timmy Rex, if you're listening, Joey Kramer, if you're listening. I know people up in Wilkes. my well, cousins are up there.
4: <laughs> well, actually, the only time I saw them in Scranton was the farewell tour, so that I mean that that was a fantastic show they They played really good on that on that tour. I actually saw that tour six times, but Scranton was actually very good, so you know. It doesn't sound as exotic as Madison Square Garden, but they definitely <laughs> played good when I saw them there.
1: <laughs> oh, it's funny stuff. I mean, really, when you think about that, a lot of the time, even when you go, the nice thing about it, and especially now in the Facebook and Internet age, you kind of know everybody. You're standing in line, and I know you, I know you, I know, hey, you're Frank Hagen from Kiss Mask. The fact that even on this show, we had Andy from all the way in Massachusetts, and he's the one that won the Eric Carr 8 by 10 It's all about the Kiss Army, and that's what we're really celebrating today. Uh, if you're on my Kiss, the Kiss Room Facebook page, yes, you got to kind of put your stories up there. We like talking about them. Send them to me at thekissroom at gmail.com. Go to thekissroom.com. That's where we share a lot of these stories and we talk about it on the air. We try and get as many of you on here as possible. One of the things that we're going to talk about right now is the fact that you're always representing Kiss because you know you want to shout it out loud here on Monco Radio where music and minds meet. And that's your cue to hit that song i yeah. Okay, you know what? It's about quarter of. We're wrapping up here. I want to share kind of one funny story. I have my friend Bob here. We've been friends for a long time. I'm going to tell us. We never told this story really, kind of anybody but ourselves. But <laughs> the year 2000, January, we go to the guitar show up in uh, up in Manhattan. It's the Roseland Ballroom. Tell him what happened.
4: <laughs> well, I decided this time. This was like this maybe the second time I got to meet Paul Stanley. So instead of bringing like a nice point and shoot camera you know, and make it simple. I bring the camera with the big lens. I'm going to be all fancy here. When we get up there and we're next flash, doesn't go off. Can't get the lens to focus. Right. Um, yeah. So we took one shot. Flash doesn't go off. Matt is sweating at this point. Uh, try it again. Flash doesn't go off. I'm sweating. Paul's like, you know, he's tired of posing for pictures with me, but I was like, I'm sorry, Paul, whatever. He's like, Hey, just go over there, fix your camera. Come back. We'll do the picture. Fiddling around with it, dying in front of my hero because we can't get the camera to work. I should have just brought a simple, you know, instant camera instead of this big fancy photographer's camera that I never used. And then we finally do the third shot. Of course, after I get the pictures developed... Um, it's all out of focus. We were in such a hurry. It was unbelievable. But it was a great experience, and I really
1: believe that's why Paul remembers me now every time that he sees me. It's like those are the guys with the with the bad camera. Well, yeah. That could be, He can remember that, you know, we did get a, a decent picture. It's yeah. blurry, but it took yeah. me years to not feel very bad about that. Well, yeah, like... because
4: you also took the picture in 2009 where Paul had the makeup on, which is probably the best picture I'll ever get. Which is a anybody great picture. Kiss. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Frank, Kiss Mask News. Anything going on? We got about four minutes left. Oh,
5: Kiss Mask. Well, you got to go on Kiss Mask, uh, com to find out all your news. You know,
1: and that's, that's really one of the things that we're talking about. The Kiss Army, we're celebrating things that are like, you know, how do people connect? Those early fanzines, the fanzines that happen now, this is essentially a fanzine, or my friends, the podcast. I mean, obviously, it's a, you know, a fanzine for your ears, or you got Kissopolis, you got Cassius doing Creatures in it. Check out the Decibel Geeks. Check out the History Science Theater. Go on the links page of thekissroom.com. You're going to find a lot of those things on there. It's how we're all connected. Kiss Mask, you've got all the news coming out, and it's something where everybody has been joining together, And we're all still KISS fans. In my mind, my thought for this show was, you don't even know who the KISS fan standing next to you is. Wear your shirt, wear your hat, be proud of being a KISS fan. And I think one of the things, we're heading into Thanksgiving, everybody's thanking everybody, this and that and the other. You're thankful you got some turkey, whatever. I eat a lot of turkey. But when it comes down to it, KISS Army needs to stick together. Whether you got into it in the first album, whether you got into it And you're a sonic boomer. Yeah, Lon, I put that right in there for you. Everybody needs to join together. Everybody should celebrate Kiss. Okay, maybe you don't like the new stuff. You only like the original stuff. Maybe I saw a quote the other day. The kid said, I hated the reunion tour because Revenge was my band. That was my version of Kiss. And you kind of go... Hey, maybe that's not such a good comment. But, hey, you know what? See, really, it, that's what I'm going to kind of leave us on here. We're going to go into a, the last couple songs we're going to play. We only have a couple minutes left. And I want you to stay tuned for the Radcast. If you're listening live, Radcast comes on right after me here in, in uh, Monco Radio. And you can stay tuned all night for the Heavy Metal Power Hour. So just stay on the link. It's right on thekissroom.com. Uh, we were asking what were the songs that would really turn on people to kiss. And I'm going to read you this. Brian, and I know I won't say right, Thuvanel, I can't say your last name. He says, God gave rock and roll to you. And everybody knows that's really an Argent song. But he says, this song showcases Paul and Gene trading off on vocals, which is the signature Kiss sound. It also features guitar riffs reminiscent of Shout it Out Loud, as well as heavy riffs reminiscent of, of Hard Rock and Kiss. Then there's the showcase of the brilliant harmonizing. This is just a strange hodgepodger of everything that is Kiss. May not be the best kiss song, but it is it is a display of all things kiss. And I think as we wrap it up, I'm gonna thank you guys for being here. Wish all of our listeners out there a happy Thanksgiving. And we're gonna remember that God gave rock and roll to you, and God gave rock and roll to everyone. Amen. Thanks everybody. Amen. Have a great time. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy
4: Thanksgiving.
3: given a gift. We have been given something from somewhere up above. So don't stop living you real-
1: got the best and if you want the hottest show on Monco Radio join us in the Kiss Room the Kiss Room is a monthly radio broadcast celebrating the hottest band in the world (coughs) it's your place for all things Kiss and some for broadcast dates and all information go to thekissroom.com the Kiss Room broadcasts live and worldwide on Monco Radio where music and minds meet